Welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers, as usual, so watch out. (laughs) You're very aggressive today. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. (laughs) We're going to start with a really aggressive five-minute master. So angry. (laughs) Five-minute masters where we tell you things and there's only five minutes of it. Well, ideally. (laughs) Doesn't always happen. So this one's random. I was just doing the random shuffle thing because I couldn't remember any of the strange random things I've Googled throughout the, the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a member today at, at my credit union that I work at mention something offhandedly and it was like two people down. So I, it wasn't even my conversation. Someone was like, yeah, the planets are aligning. And I'm like, what now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably one of those things where, like, you know, there's that internet hoax where it's like, the moon will be bigger in the sky than ever, and it'll be the size of the... the yeah, it's, uh, it'll be or Mar- Mars will be the size of the moon is the thing that always yeah, comes yeah, It's yeah. like, there's a lot literally of never could that happen. Literally never, you dummies. <laughs> and then, of course, there's always a clue that it's fake, where it's going to be like, it's going to be on the 30th of February. And you're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so I was looking up, uh, do the planets ever align with one another? Hmm. Short answer, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they sometimes get close. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, let's see, 949 AD. Okay. The, uh, top eight planets, <laughs> um, were in as close to a line as they can get. I mean, we like to think of the solar system as flat. Right, but it's not. It's, it's three-dimensional. It's, it's all wibbly-wobbly and tippy-toppy. Yeah. So um, they're not in a straight line. They're, like, maybe lined up on that axis, but... Like, from a certain perspective, yeah. they look like they're in a line. Yeah, but they're, like, up and down and all twisty. All over the place. Yeah. One of, them, one of them's on its side, and it's... <laughs> And then don't even get us started on Pluto, because Pluto and Neptune like to cross cross paths every once in a while. Yeah. Because they're elliptical. Um, that means ovular. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. That clears it up for me. <laughs> I and now, say, now that you say ovular, I'm... Because well, I thought elliptical, and I'm like, oh, like a like a like elliptical a machine. machine yeah, I know. It's, it's just funny that that's the word you would use to clarify the term. Like an oval. I got it. Or, I do. <laughs> I, know I understood you. both words, but <laughs> but um. Anyway, it won't happen again until twenty four ninety two, in uh, May of twenty four ninety two. Oh well, too bad we won't be around to see. We it. won't be here. Um, but uh, sometimes. And and people are also like, what does it do anything weird gravitationally? It's like, no. Not, not really. in any kind of perceptible way. Not for in any sure. sort of like Hercules Disney movie sort of way. <laughs> the planets will align. <laughs> Does that time period line up with no, no, I'm pretty sure Hercules is supposed to take place BC. Yeah. So I mean it doesn't really take place at any real time, but right. it's right. it's definitely like antiquity. Yeah. So that's fake. Not the early Middle Ages. You heard it, heard it here first. Hercules the Disney movie is fake. Totally unrealistic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But during the 1970s, NASA did use some uh, placements of planets 
probably not in a line, to send their uh, probe past Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune uh, easier because of the like the slingshot thing. That sure, sure, about. you can use their gravity. It's just you're not going to be able to notice it from here. Yeah, no, no we're not going to feel it. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. incredible how, I think it's like, I don't know the numbers at all, but like if you slingshot around a planet, it's like super duper fast. Right. Use physics, man. Yeah, just make it easy. Do it. Um, I think that was pretty much it. But it'll it'll be um, like the first. Um, there'll be a lineup of some of them. That's neat. Uh, in twenty forty, and most recently that happened in two thousand two. Huh. Yeah, it was Jupiter, Saturn, Mars, Venus, and Mercury. Well, it sounds like the guy at the credit union was just really credible, like just really gullible. He's yeah. very credulous. I mean, he probably uh, had his information stolen, too. So, <laughs> I mean, le- like, pe- okay, people are dumb. Yes. I work at a bank. Uh, you get all of I it. I get all of it. Yeah. I got to imagine, like, because you went from retail to banking. So, like, you- retail already is full of idiots. Yeah, I but the stakes imagine- are higher. Right. <laughs> Right, like the dumbest thing that a person can do at a retail store is like be confused about coupons or be like, why didn't this product be the thing I thought it was, or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, well, and, they, and then they can, and then you can be like, okay, we'll make it right for you. Whereas at a bank, it's like, well, federal regulation states <laughs> that you're a big idiot. That you're a big idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to tell you about rock snot. Ew. So I heard about my thing at work, too. <laughs> uh, so I work at a company that does, uh, like, translation services, and I work in the QA department. So what we do is we just check over documents. And so we spend a lot of our day just reading stuff. And my lovely sister-in-law slash coworker Kaylee, she was spending all day on this document for like a forestry center and part of it was talking about something called rock snot and i'm like (laughs) i gotta find out what rock snot is so um the scientific name is didymosphenia geminata uh commonly known as didymo or rock snot (laughs) you're gonna say lady gaga because geminata (laughs) sounds like germanata It, it does it does. <laughs> um, so it's a species of like microalgae um, that produces nuisance growths in freshwater rivers and streams. Um, it was uh, considered to be, so it's considered a, an invasive species in a lot of places. Um, and it was long thought to be like non-native to a lot of places where it was invasive. Um, it's been, uh, determined to actually be, like, native to much of the world. It just was never a problem before. Right, until, uh, Yeah, know, it's been around for... All the things uh, that we're dealing with. Yeah, it's been native to much of the world for thousands of years, but a little thing called human-caused climate change has made... Some things happen with algae this little just algae. just love CO2 so well, much. Well, the thing, actually, the surprising cause of these blooms is low phosphorus levels. Mm-hmm. So normally you see algae blooms in high phosphorus environments. And so this was pretty surprising to scientists when they realized that it was actually low phosphorus. 
Um, so, uh, it was in Canada. I think it was in the, like, the Vancouver area in British Columbia. Um, there was a, a bloom that happened, like, a little bit earlier than a lot of the major blooms that have happened in recent decades. Um, and so scientists were trying to figure out, like, why here? Like, why at this time? And they realized that there was, like, a reforestation, uh, attempt that had happened shortly before the major bloom, um, that, uh, they had, like, caused a lot of, I, I, my understanding is that, like, a lot of the new vegetation was stopping phosphorus from entering, hmm. like, it was in this watershed and it was stopping phosphorus from entering the streams, and it was actually causing uh, algae blooms of this rock snot. Um, and so it's, they're still sort of looking into how, like, uh, harmful it is for wildlife. Um, it can affect stream habitats uh, and sources of food for fish. And it says here on the Wikipedia, which I like, and make recreational activities unpleasant. Just <laughs> like, yuck, what is all this sludge? Because it does, it just looks like snot. Like, it's it? just gross. Yeah, hang on, I'm gonna show you this really nasty picture of someone with a big clump of it it's it's pretty gross oh gosh yeah it looks like a deflated maggot (laughs) oh god yeah and so that's like a really serious mass yeah of it um but yeah it's just like this grody sludge and like they're still working out exactly what the repercussions yeah um because normal algal blooms have pretty intense repercussions Uh uh-huh like you can't enjoy your lake (laughs) (laughs) yes and and more um concerning would be the effects on like native wildlife yeah it kills Uh, it yes so um it it is we know that it does shift the invertebrate community from large body species to smaller species and it also increases um, the abundance of a specific kind of worm that's host for a fish disease called whirling disease. Fish diseases are real. Whirling. They've got such whimsical names. <laughs> uh, but so it's, you know, kind of weird that it's like, what do we do then? Because, like, if there's too much phosphorus, then we get other algae. And if there's not enough phosphorus, we get this other weird, gross rock snot. So <laughs> it's like, well, it turns out ecosystems are like a really delicate balance and stuff. Uh so, yeah, it's just, it was just such a fun word for something really unpleasant. So I had to find out more about it, and, and now you know more, too. Well, now they'll get sentient, and then we'll have to fight them. Fight the snot. Fight snot, like in Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. <laughs> slimes. Yeah, it's just slimes. This is where it begins. The world is terraforming into Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Ready for it. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a fun movie we watched the other day. Yeah. Because this is just our sort of process now. <laughs> um, but I think that this one's going to be really uh, productive. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about because we just watched Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, uh, often shortened to Tu Wong Fu. Yes, and it was your favorite first time, yes. and it's my manyth time. Manyth time. But, so, yeah, that's it, it was very interesting to watch. Uh, it, so, it's a comedy film that came out in 1995. And it's sort of part of a little trend of, like, 
big gay movies that came out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it came out the year after Priscilla. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which is not a Hollywood film. So I'm not necessarily counting it as part of this. It may have inspired right. this this sort of trend in Hollywood, but it was not made by a Hollywood studio. It is an Australian film. Uh, but the year after Tu Wong Fu was The Birdcage. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years after that was In and Out, starring Kevin Kline. Yeah. And The Birdcage also has a star that it shares with this movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. Robin Williams has Robin a very Lee. small role. A little in... cameo <laughs> as <laughs> John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, very basically, we don't need to do a whole plot recap. Um, I do recommend watching Tu Wong Fu. It's definitely, we're going to talk about its sort of issues and stuff, but overall it's a very fun movie. I will say, I'll give you a warning. There are some scenes that read as like... Very intense. Very creepy. And like, the film is not meaning to frame them that way, but that's, that sort of makes it more troubling. Yeah. There's some scenes of like, assault and attempted assault that are not handled with the gravity that we would now expect them to be. And... Not only in the, I forget the word for in the movie story. Like the diegesis? Yes, thank you. In the diegesis, um, they're not handled properly and also the editing does not take care of them properly. Yeah, there's uh, just There's a lot of very quick cuts. Yeah, just stuff that's really troubling in from, uh, you know, our point of view in 2019 that in 1995 was just handled a lot more flippantly. Uh, so basically, this is the story of three drag queens from New York, played by Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze, and John Leguizamo, uh, and they are on a cross-country road trip to get to California. To go to the next pageant. Yeah, it's like a big drag queen competition. Drag queen of America. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and it's, the reason it has this very unwieldy title is because as sort of a, a totem of, of good luck, they bring along this photograph of Julie Newmar that is... Sign. Auto- yeah, this autographed photo, Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, that uh, Patrick Swayze's character steals... Sees it, it, in, in reverse in, in, in his the, compact. In his compact mirror and <laughs> steals as a good luck charm <laughs> for their road trip. Yeah, and then like places it... On the dashboard. It's like in like the cigarette tray. Uh And then like it gets lodged there and then they put it in their little room later too. Yeah, it's like their little shrine. Mm -hmm. So it's like their little totem. Uh, So they go on this cross country trip. Um, It's, it is, it feels very Priscilla Queen of the Desert Mm -hmm. with these drag queens on this big road trip. And then they, their car breaks down in this little rural town in a nondescript part of well, the American Well, no, first Midwest. they get pulled over. They do get pulled over. down. Yes, yes. But just, you know. Right, right. Very major, basic major plot beats. overview. Yeah. Major beats. The story is these drag queens get broken down in the middle of nowhere and they have to spend a weekend in this small rural American town. Yes. And it's okay. With like six buildings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like 20 people. <laughs> it has other great stars such as Stalker Channing... Uh, RuPaul has a little cameo in it and is great. Blythe Danner. Yes, Blythe Danner. Um, Chris Penn. So, yeah, I'm, like, when I enjoyed the movie. It was very enjoyable. I really enjoyed it. 
But then there were things that I just... Okay, so you mentioned the... the being pulled the, over. Being pulled over. They get pulled over in this nowhere stretch yeah. of road, mm-hmm. middle of the night, by a local sheriff. And it's really scary. It's very scary. And they, they, they try to joke through it. Yeah, they but they don't treat it with the gravity that we would now. They, they, they try to, but... See, I don't think that they tried to. They give it a little bit of seriousness, but they don't want it to be as serious as we know that it is now for these three queer people, two of whom are people of color, yeah. being pulled over by a redneck cop in the middle of the night, and then he assaults one of them. After insulting the other two. Yes, but using racial slurs. Like, it's really... Like, okay... The amount of racial humor in this movie is jarring. It is. Like, they just throw slurs at each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even a thing. Like, especially John Leguizamo's character. Yeah. Um, what's her Chi-chi. name? Chi-Chi. Thank you. Yeah, Chi-Chi. Like, they, they're just always making, like, Latin jokes. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa. But it was... It was the 90s, and that was just, like, done. It was done, and, you know, one of the things that we can't let the queer community off the hook for, too. Right. You know? it, that does... I mean, obviously, tend- these are straight cis men playing yes. drag queens, but... But that, but that is a good point, that, you know, sometimes that can be a real issue in the queer community where... It's like, oh, we're queer, so we're... We're totally cool with everything. We're immune to criticism. And like, oh, no, you like it's it's fine if I do it because I'm queer. Right. It's like, no, no, it's definitely not. (laughs) Definitely, definitely not. And they also have um, power over Chi Chi because she's the new younger. They're the winners and they're taking her under the the wing. They're the mentors. The mentors. She's just a drag princess. Yes. Just a little Latin boy in drag is what they kept calling her. Boy in a dress. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's that um, speech, which honestly is echoed in um, 2005's Kinky Boots, when um, Wesley Snipes' character, Noxima, is talking about the differences between, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, uh, uh, what he refers to as a, uh, you know, transvestites, transsexuals, and drag queens. Yeah. And it is not great. It also probably... I mean, it's not correct. Certainly now. not by and I don't believe yeah. it was then as well. Well, but that's the thing is, like, it really. It also depends on which segment of the community, because mm-hmm. you know, different people in the queer community identify as different things and you know label certain things differently. Sure, and that's great, especially when it comes to self identification. It's mm-hmm. like I, you know, so I I know of you know some. Uh, trans people who like the term transsexual mm-hmm. rather than transgender and, mm-hmm. and use it and apply it to themselves. Yeah. And if you want to use that word, that's great. Uh, you know, whatever makes you comfortable and happy and self-affirmed. But, but you, you know, Nog- your audience. <laughs> Noxima is very bioessentialist in saying that transsexuals are, you know, women born in men's bodies who have the little surgery. And it's like, Okay, first off, none of that. <laughs> like, I don't know about... I don't think that's good. Yeah. I don't think we don't like that anymore. Um, but it, it kind of brings up an interesting point because, you know, we were... As we were watching it, we were talking about how these 
characters are always in drag. Yes. They're never not the in drag. The only point they're not in drag is when they're getting ready at the beginning of the movie. And it's like, well, they're just in a state of undress. Yeah. Like, they're not like... Yeah, you, you see them with their wigs off during that. And mm-hmm. the rest of the movie, there are wigs fully decked out. And it's like, it's very fun and whimsical to yeah. have these like magical permanent drag queens. Yes. Uh, but Which it's, is entertaining and yeah, fun, it's, joyful. It almost makes the film itself feel like a drag show. Yes. Like the, it's, it's got that, this. They have of, a costume change every 15 every seconds. Every scene. How did they bring all these costumes in this one Cadillac? Uh, and a new purse in every scene too. Yeah. They, they just have all their outfits in each purse and then they just pick a purse. And, all, and, and you know, to go with the their wigs. sort of drag personas, they all have their own sort of theme, their own sort of style vibe. They've got, you know, uh. Vida Bohem, Patrick Swayze's character, is all very old Hollywood glamour, Mm -hmm. mid-century, A-line skirts, and, you know, very elegant earrings, and, you know, pantsuits, and just looking very... Very conservative. Conservative and feminine. Mm -hmm. And then you've got um, Wesley Snipes' Noxima, who's got sort of a a louder, more sort of... Colorful, edgy... Yeah, a little edgier, uh, yeah, very fun, uh, very 90s. Mm Mm-hmm. And then um, you've got Chi-Chi, uh, John Leguizamo, who's just, you know, <laughs> Latina. <laughs> well, and also very, like, somebody exploring gender. Yeah. There's a lot of that in that character as well. Yeah. Lots of little shorts. Shorts that are shorter than... Than, than, they, than you could possibly believe. <laughs> They're so small. They're so small. And he's just got these tiny little hips. He's just the tiniest, <laughs> tiniest shorts. Um, and, you know, just, like... Very sort of uh, Charo inspired, like mm-hmm. Chiquita Banana kind of stuff going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, big hoop earrings and bandanas and stuff. And lots of stockings and garters. So many. Oh my God, that garters. That little, <laughs> with the like, bloomers. So with the bloomers and the little baby doll. Oh my God. I couldn't believe with the tissues stuffed in. Uh, so like there's some very fun stuff but then it, it you know especially so there's the bit at the end where Dr. Channing's character says I love oh, you Vita I, Bohem yeah. and Vita says I've been waiting forever to hear someone say that with that name and yeah. it's like it, it's this movie doesn't really know whether these characters are gay men who are drag queens or if they do identify as female the lines are very blurry and mm-hmm. it's like i'm not sure it's what contradicting pronouns. itself yeah because yep. they do you know Noxima says drag queens are gay men with like too much style, style for one gender for one gender and so it's like so you do identify as a man but they do constantly refer to each other yeah. with female pronouns maybe they run out of outfits on their second half of the trip. <laughs> yeah. They've got to start recycling them. But, so like... Yeah, it's confusing. It's confused and then, and then we're itself. further confused by the titular line that Stalker Channing says, either right after or right before that, like, I don't think of you as a man or a woman. I think of you as an angel. And that's just... And at least it, the movie undercuts in, in, it. And in that time, beautiful sentiment. Right. Very not so great now. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it does sort of fall into the, like, queer fairy godmother type, mm-hmm. like, you know, queer person swoops in and... You're and, okay as long as you're saving the day. Yeah. And they, you know, they don't, you know, 
Chi-Chi doesn't get the boy. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they come in and they fix everyone else's lives and they show them how to be stylish and they get them all together and then they go on their way. Yeah. And they don't, they're not needed anymore. Yeah. Luckily, Chi-Chi does win the big contest at the end. Yes, she And does. looks more amazing than anyone ever has in whole, ever. Say, John Leguizamo makes a hell of an ingenue. <laughs> he is adorable in this film. <laughs> Like, he's so cute. <laughs> I just can't take it. Like, he's super funny, uh, super sweet. Uh, and just naive as hell. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about the ladies. Because, like, I, I feel like I have to refer to them with female pronouns because that's how they refer to each other and themselves. And, and they, a lot of drag queens while they're in drag. While they're in drag. And yeah. they're just constantly in drag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Their sort of like personal journeys that they go on because at least this one gives them like uh, you know sort of a personal arc as right. well as being you know the the magical fairies yeah they they don't and, serve they're not there simply to serve the town yeah they do have their own personal growth um, where Vida sort of comes to understand that she is worthy of love and respect and if people don't agree that's their problem yeah um and chi chi i don't know grows up she gives up the boy she gives up the boy and but like you know i wonder how much of like a okay so like she she was trying to live a fantasy yes she was trying to live but it could it would have collapsed it's true but my question is, how much of that was really a choice? Because, yeah. like, if she had come out to Bobby Ray and said, hey, you need to understand something about me. Like, I have a penis. It would have ended differently. It would have ended, it, like, it, 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 I don't think that Chi-Chi necessarily chose to she not was be just, with him. She was just pretending as long as she could, I think. Yeah, she she didn't choose not to be with him. She just decided to step away with dignity before... Yeah. Things went bad because yeah. it wasn't like there was. There was. There was no movie that this would have never been the movie where the rural American cowboy says, "You know what? I like you for." But who we you need are. that movie. But, yeah, we do. I would love the cowboy and the dragon. Can queen. we have a sequel? <laughs> cowboy and the dragon. Queen. I want it. But that was never gonna happen. Yeah. So it wasn't like she gave up anything that she was gonna be able to have. Yeah. Uh. So it feels a little like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and like and, almost she like she learned her place, uh, you know. That's yeah, how it read to yeah. me, where she's like, "You're right. I shouldn't have thought that there was a world where this boy could ever love me if he knew the truth about." That me. makes me so sad. Now. That, it does make me sad. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot in this movie to dig into like that. Yeah, and they they and of course it, that you can. You under- we all understand that was not intentional at all. None of this, like, in, I, but in, like, I it almost during feels the time period. it was it was just like ingrained. You yeah. know, it wasn't that they were like, let's tell the story of how a drag queen should never be with a cowboy. It yeah. was just like, well, obviously they can't be together. Yeah, like obviously she shouldn't have thought that this was possible. Mm-hmm. It was just like a matter of course. But didn't he even say he loved her? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was like the first, one of their first interactions. 
He painted a Coca-Cola sign. Oh, that's right. It was like, uh, I love Coke or whatever. Yeah, love Coca-Cola. Love Crossed Coca-Cola. out, love Chi-Chi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was super sweet. Um, But, you know, it was all a lie. Yep. And then he falls in. And well, they, they, then they the do breeding, a little switcheroo. The breeding pair get together at the end. The straight white breeding pair. That's how it has to happen, right? I mean, it was very cute. It was super cute. Uh, with with um, Bobby Lee, Bobby Lee, like getting all sassy <laughs> and yeah, oh yeah, and looking very Grace how, Kelly. Yeah, they they like told her to like switch her attitude, and she's like not looking at not him, not looking at flirting. him, and she's just like, oh, hi, Bobby Ray. I didn't see you there. <laughs> yeah, and it's super cute, and he's like, oh, this is fun. I'm into this. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was really sweet. Like all of the, like they. They made a lot of choices that sucked, but they still did them in a very charming yeah. way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like watching it, I'm like, aw, aw. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen this movie a lot of times. And what I will say, watching it this most recent time, was the editing was what really, like, stops it from really, I feel like, going there in a lot of scenes. Like when, um, yeah, there were some weird cuts. When the chili is thrown on the yeah, floor, yeah, it's very abruptly cut away. It just yeah. cuts away. It's like, oh, we're not dealing with domestic abuse right now. Yeah, Stalker Channing's husband is abusive and terrible, um, and so yeah, we get some cutaways. But also, there was just like some really weird editing where like some scene transitions just inexplicably like cut to a second of black, like yeah. hard cut to black, and then we and I was like, what? Like, there's never, that's the only transition like that in the whole film. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, really weird It's like they made some very last-minute decisions. Yeah, it's just, like, some really inconsistent editing. I don't yeah. know. But that's a whole other conversation. I don't know very much about filmmaking, and I can't really say too much about film editing. But it, it was it was noticeable to me as, like, a real pedant <laughs> that there was some weird editing happening yeah. in this film. And it, and it, I feel like it serves what the movie is as it's as it currently stands but does not serve what it could be yeah it could have been darker yeah well yeah not that i necessarily want it to be darker but it it had it had it there yeah and who's to say what you know what actually happened in filming that they cut away from um uh but like even beyond just like the the sort of content of the edits just like the actual editing itself is really weird um but uh yeah so i will say that compared to um the birdcage and in and out this film does address queer sexuality and it, it it's not like afraid of it like uh chi chi is a very sexy and sexual character and she talks a lot about you know sexual relationships Mm -hmm. that she has had and it's just like yeah that's just that's just her life you know she's sort of uh you can sort of infer that she is a sex worker Mm -hmm. and and it's not something that she's like shamed for that's just her life and Mm -hmm. um so even though we don't necessarily get any queer romance on screen at least queer sexuality and queer romance is like brought up and and discussed whereas like and there's a lot of flirting lots of flirting especially lots with the, of, the rough and tough guys yeah the roughnecks i love that <laughs> noxima oh she's sh- shaping them up love uh, it that scene has no problems 
where she just grabs him and yeah. I mean obviously does but it's yeah but it's but it's a comedy and so yeah. it's okay yeah uh but whereas like the birdcage you know there is a, a, I mean there is a textual queer romance in the film but it's a very chaste relationship mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah they're like an old couple and so you know like we know that they're in love with each other but it's not like sexy yeah and then in and out just seems to completely ignore the whole sexual part of the word homosexual. And it's just that being gay means that you're very tidy and you listen to Barbara Streisand. <laughs> there is one scene in that film where Kevin Klein kisses, um, who is it in that film? Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And... But it's just Burt Reynolds proving to him that he's gay. They don't have a relationship. There's no other romantic... I mean, they have, like, zero chemistry. (laughs) Um, But he just gives him a big smooch to be like, see, you like kissing men. But that's it. The rest of the film, gayness is not an issue of, like, romantic and sexual attraction, Mm -hmm. which is very weird. (laughs) Uh, So that's one thing that I appreciate about Tu Wong Fu, is that, like... Queer sexuality is normalized. I feel like that, along with the birdcage, are key pieces in the initial sort of, like, societal acceptance that we sort of started at. Yeah, in mid-90s. Mid-90s, sort of like, it's okay, it made $43 at the box office. It was number one for two weeks. We nominated those straight actors. Yes. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, so it's, 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 I mean, you know, it's hard to look back on something that's so intensely dated. Yeah. Um. But it was also really enjoyable to sort of, like, enjoy the parts that I enjoyed before, but also I'm like, oh, I kind of want more now. Like, I want a movie to come along that has the sort of same joy, but also... Like, the real, the realism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, man, the tonal shifts in this film. Like, it's all over the place. One minute we've got these drag queens who are being, like, assaulted by a cop, and it's really scary. And, and then, then they, they think, think they that killed he they killed him. him. And then in the next scene, they're just, like, at a rest stop, like, okay, so what are we going to do? And Chi-Chi's like, I'll go get a ride, and oh, yeah, sticks and out her leg. Hitchhiking, and, like, yeah, hitching a ride, and it's like... It just like it's just totally low stakes again, and it's like like that just felt like a, it just came out of nowhere, and then you know it turns out that the cop isn't really dead, um, and he's just like a big homophobe, and he's gonna hunt them down and presumably murder them. He has a shotgun when he's and confronted- he like did say to the other cops when they were laughing at him for being beaten up by a girl, like right. that he was gonna go and kill them. Yeah, like he's like you won't be laughing. When I murder them, yeah. and then you see that they have penises. Like, it's very weird. It's well, weird. he has he has an obsession. Yeah, he does. And, and when he's in that the scene where he's at the bar, he's like mumbling to himself. You're about like, like gay sex. Yeah, he's like, then you're like, oh, this is a deep issue that you this have This is right a now. personal thing that you have to deal with. Yeah, because he's like basically like narrating gay erotica to himself. <laughs> and these guys at the bar are just looking at him like, yeah he's like muscles holding muscles masculine embrace the (laughs) hair and then just like 
Whoa. Uh, yeah, weird. Yeah, he's played by Chris Penn, whom I know from Reservoir Dogs, but he generally plays sort of your your blue collar type roles. He's Officer Dollard, but they call him Dullard because his, his badge, badge is misprinted mis- mis- <laughs> badge. Yeah. It's like, it, but the scene with him, like, pulling them over is, like, really... Oh, it's horrible. Really upsetting. And, yeah. like, especially from a, a modern perspective where, we're like, we've got, you know, a Latinx character and a black character in this car. I'm really afraid right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, like, that from where we're looking at it now... And it's terrifying then, too. Well, like... But, like, now, it's, like, there are so many more implications than I think a 90s audience would see. Oh, yeah. Um, Because a lot of this stuff was under the rug for so long. Yeah. I mean, you know, there were the LA riots and stuff, but that was, like, it was just all very, like, localized and not not widely talked about. Right, not talked about. Um, certainly not depicted on Hollywood film. Uh... And then, yeah, and then he, like, and, like, even, uh, yeah, it's just the weirdest tonal shift because he takes Vida out of the car, the only white person, and, like, is, like, telling her, like, hey, what are you hanging around with these two for? Like, Yeah, why don't you kiss me? Starts putting on the moves and, like, reaches up her skirt. And then it has to do the joke, the man in a dress joke, where Vida says in a very masculine voice, don't touch my dick. Yeah. And it's like, that's not Vita. No. That's not what Vita would say or do. Yeah. Like, it's really scary, but, like, they undercut it with this, like, I'm a man with a dick thing. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Uh, and then, you know, and then we get these weird, like, later in the movie, we get the most silliest campiest scene where they're like well we're stuck here for the weekend so we have to decorate decorate our room and it's like gay magic is happening where they're like throwing scarves and they're just like draping themselves perfectly and it's like super silly and funny like it's over the top and ridiculous and magical and it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. but we just had a scene where they thought they killed a cop like what (laughs) is this movie yeah (sighs) But then there's makeovers. Makeovers are fun. They're very fun. Yeah. Oh, you know, we didn't talk about um, Noxima's, like... Her little journey. Personal journey. She meets this little old lady who's a mute at the time that she meets her. Yeah, she just doesn't talk to anyone ever. And then she follows her home because she dropped a little picture and she's just, like, swishing in her really really tight dress. I'm gonna get you! (laughs) (laughs) It's very cute. Just trying to keep up with this old lady. Yeah, and then they start talking about movies because the little old lady has or noxima started talking about movies because the little old lady uh is living in a a closed theater um slash house yeah like an old movie theater um and then the the little lady is like finishing the movie titles that she can't remember Mm -hmm. and it's it's like oh you're talking and like she brings her out um i'm not totally clear like i'm not sure if noxima has like a a full-on... Like a, an arc. Finished arc. Yeah, she she not... sort of becomes great friends with the... She sort of gets her little, um... Her little producer. 
the 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 little old lady gives her a, a name and number of somebody to meet up in Hollywood because Noxima mm. wants to be an actress. Mm-hmm. So there's like yeah. a, a payoff, but it's not necessarily like character growth. It's just like, hey, this might help you. Yeah, because like they have their little moment at the end together where they're like, here's the lessons that we learned. Aren't yeah. we so proud of each other? <laughs> like it's very explicit. Like here's my lesson. And uh, Noxima says like, I'm going to make Hollywood wherever I am. And it's like, what? And also it's like... But you are literally going to Hollywood still. <laughs> yeah. So... And then there's the, the abusive husband who, who like, drives off in a tuff. And it's like, <laughs> what's to stop him from coming back the next day after they leave? It's so good, though. Stalker Channing in her amazing red dress, and she just gives him this look, and he just, like, turns and walks She's away. She's so his... powerful in it's that dress. It's so good. It's so good. And, and Virgil, her husband, is just like, well... I'll just, I'll just be go. gone now. Buy wife away. and daughters. I'll just leave. Yep. Four daughters. I, I see think that they have I should. Together. Yes, I see that I should go now. <laughs> I, have, I have been defeated. <laughs> it's great. It's very. It's gratifying. great, but you're just like. Um, this isn't. That's it's not, not how, fixed. How, right. It's not actually fixed. Right. <laughs> yeah, like she needs a divorce and a restraining order. Yes. Like, um, <laughs> they did give her, you know, confidence. Yes, she's she's takes charge of her own life yes but she needs maybe like a gay lawyer now too yeah let's send one of those yeah so what do you think so you think that this sort of trend of hollywood films was sort of the 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 normalization like what do you i feel like i don't know if it was you know again not necessarily intentionally went out to make a movie to sort of like you know they're obviously making a movie to make money. Yes. <laughs> um, but I feel like some of these movies sowed the seeds of, you know, this one's about gender and sort of starting people to think about how gender works. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it this way because obviously it's not the way it really is. But like, oh, gay people are valuable. Oh, turns out like <laughs> they're great and fun. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll be your best friend and give you a makeover. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is sort of a, a value judgment. I but think. that is a step above that person's dirt needs to die. Yes. So. Yeah, I mean, and like you know, <laughs> it's, the, a, it's a level up. <laughs> the cop character is like really upsetting, but he's also treated as being a complete buffoon. Buffoon. Yeah. So it's like we're not supposed to be on his side at all. Yeah. Like he is clearly framed as being an idiot. So even though he's like he really seems like he's a bigger threat than the movie makes him out to be, at least the movie doesn't give him any credibility at yeah. all. Yeah. It's like you're either on the drag queen side or the townspeople who change their minds. And some yeah. of them don't even change their minds. Right. Because like, they're just like chill the whole time. Well yeah, like Sucker Channing knew that they were drag queens the whole time. Yeah. Because and she could just tell. I mean <laughs> you you can tell. You can tell. Looking, they're beautiful. They're though. lovely. They're gorgeous drag queens. But like, you can tell that it's Patrick Swayze under there. <laughs> you can tell. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting that um. So this one and the Birdcage, to a lesser degree, uh, are you know about drag performers. Mm-hmm. Um. Nathan Lane's character in Birdcage is a drag performer, mm-hmm. but we 
see her out of drag For most, most of, of the it, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, until the end. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so fun. So good. But yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, the birdcage sort of stepped it up in terms of like po- positive messages. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, like. Oh, this is this is what a gay couple looks like. Oh, they're fighting. Oh, but they love each other, and it's, they're, they're just normal. They have problems too. Yeah, they're just normal people with a family who deserve. Where to are they going to hide their shirtless butler? <laughs> that's the one thing that's icky about that movie is freaking Hank Azaria. I love you, Hank. You need to stop playing non-white characters. You need to stop. Yeah, it's not cool. It's really not cool. And that movie has so many ill-fitting suits. Yeah. But that was the 90s. It was we the have 90s. To... But, you know, it's like, you know, this, the the messaging of the birdcage. It's like, yeah, these are just regular people with lives and they just, like, love their family and they have to, you know, deal with mm-hmm. the same kinds of problems that anyone does. Yeah, like And they deserve their... to be who they are. Penis. They're their penis sculptures and just everything. They're their erotic plateware. Uh, I love their house so much. Yeah, but you know, now in retrospect, their son seems like a big old asshole. Oh, total asshole! When you watch that movie now, like you're like not on his side at all. Mm-hmm. You're like, um, go elope or something. He's like, a brat. Get out of here. He's a total. He brat. is a total brat, and it's like maybe don't invite the parents over. Although, don't they invite themselves? Sort of. Because they're having that scandal. Yeah. Because I think she's going down to meet them. But then they're like, oh no, we gotta go meet these these folks and we can, you know. Turn it into a thing. Turn it into a thing and a handshake and they're like. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's been a little while since. We need some good press. But, you know, at least it's like, yeah, this is just a gay couple. And they just live a normal domestic life together. Whereas... You know, to Wong Fu, it's like they're they're magical drag queens who don't have any like semblance of normalcy. Like they don't, yeah. you never get to see them just living as normal. Yeah, people. they're neutered. Yeah, they're neutered, and they're just like they're in full drag performance at all times. They're always a spectacle. Mm-hmm. They're never just always a people. character. Mm-hmm. They, you know, you don't get to see them in their normal downtime you don't get to see them in their everyday lives when they're going to bed they put on their nighties yeah they've got their little nighties and their wigs and their like <laughs> vita is powdering her nose like to go to bed vita <laughs> what are you doing um whereas like you can see the way that albert and um God, I can't think of both of their yeah, names the birdcage but you see the way that they live and you yeah. understand their life and you can I mean, they're they're just people, you know. Mm-hmm. They're folks, um, and, and then and then you got in and out, which is just <laughs> not not anything. Like I don't know what what to do with that movie. And there's definitely more to talk about in terms of like comparing this to Priscilla because a lot of people say it's just a rip off. I haven't seen Priscilla in a very long time, Same. so Same. I don't have enough to say about that. Um, but from what I remember, but I also watched it at a younger age. I remember it being, like, kind of scary. Yeah, it start. I mean, you know, there's a whole scene where, like, somebody writes on their bus, like, AIDS, queers, like, get yeah. out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the issue of that is that they're showing up and people are like, these are drag queens and we are not comfortable with yeah, that. Yeah, whereas, whereas in... They're, they're passing as cisgender women in this film. Yeah. So... At least 
it we're, we largely yeah at least they make it seem like they are yes <laughs> even if none of the times people actually believe well i feel like they do they like, do Stockard channing oh, yeah. knew but like everyone else just sort of assumed that they were yeah cisgender women mm-hmm. uh and so it's not, and then like at the end when the cop shows up and is like, these are queers, these are drag queens. They're and everyone's like, like, yeah, so are we. Yeah, so what? Like we don't care because we like them. Yeah. Uh, but, but like the issue is not like, oh no, these townspeople aren't accepting of us. Um, yeah. You know, they kind of stand out, but the issue, they're honestly welcomed very warmly. Like oh, yeah. this, these, the people in this town from the start, like. They're like, here's a room. They're very friendly and helpful and kind to them. Like, they they don't fit in, but it's not a big problem. But they easily let them into their lives. They do. They're happy to have they're them. They're like, oh, hey, s- we're planning this strawberry social. And then they're like, let's they just, just. Invite themselves. Please to the hijack it. Yeah, they do. And they do. And it's fun. It's great. They're uh, like. Oh, there's a hair salon? How about everybody gets a makeover? Yeah, and they're just all excited and down for it. Like, it's not a problem that these characters are who they are. Yeah. Um, whereas I think in Priscilla, that that is sort of the, the issue, the conflict at hand, is that they are known to be drag queens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we've got In-N-Out, which is just not good. <laughs> Like, I love you, Kevin Klein. I do. But this movie is not about what being gay is like. It's not. <laughs> it's not it. That's not it. I feel it. like we need a 2019-2020 drag queen movie. Because we've got a lot of drag queens on TV right now. Mm-hmm. But we don't have... And, and drag queens meant such a different thing in movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like... Today, I don't know. There are some some non theatrical release drag queen movies that I have seen that are horrible. But like a big fun drag movie. But like a big fun. I feel like the tough thing is we don't want a big Hollywood person to be the drag queen, and that's what Hollywood wants to make the right. Money. But there are so many big drag stars now, like there are. recognizable names. It would not be hard. It wouldn't. You got your pick of all the drag race <laughs> people, like right? They've had. Let's see, 14 winners? <laughs> yeah, there are so many drag queens that are actual, like, household names now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, do it. Give one of them a movie. And, like, make it, like, a real kind of movie, not like a... But the, the, I feel like drag is so important for lifting spirit mm-hmm. that making it sort of an intense movie in certain ways defeats that but yeah. i don't think it doesn't have to well and i i think that you can sort of like and drag is more than just that now sure and i think that you can sort of dip a toe and you can sort of pull in sort of more substantial and heavier topics mm-hmm. without making it about that you know yeah. like to have that included to have yeah. that side of things but it can still be a big fun drag movie yeah well and, and it's stuff is already happening like pose Obviously not about drag queens, mostly. Mostly about trans women and other queer people and mostly queer people of color. But there is so much joy in that show mm-hmm. and so much disaster and heartache. <laughs> like, you're just like, oh my gosh, look at them. They're so beautiful. They're thriving. Oh no. There's other bad shit happening. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. 
and that show does a, a good job of balancing um so it's it just you know it's gonna take somebody that actually cares yeah yeah now i do feel the need to just mention um because we did talk about rupaul's cameo but we did not talk about it fully because <laughs> rupaul plays like the former like the last year's like this drag contest yeah. winner, whatever mm-hmm. um and so she's there to like hand off her crown to mm-hmm. this year's winner in the very beginning and she, her name her drag name is Rachel Tensions, and she comes out in a sequined Confederate flag dress. Yep. It is mind-boggling. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah. That, like, I mean, what a... Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, drag has always been there to, like, push Dude, boundaries like yeah. and, you know, sort of cross lines. Um, And boy, <laughs> that is... Yeah. Kind of spectacular. Yeah. That's a lot. It reminds me, a friend of mine from high school, she likes to post sort of um, risque photos of herself on, you know, Facebook and Instagram and stuff. And she's um, of mixed uh, African-American heritage. And she took a picture of herself, like, topless, wrapped in a Confederate flag, like, you know, trying to, like, really fuck with people's heads. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool. (laughs) But... Yeah, that was a look, huh? Oh, yeah. And, like, coming from the ceiling on a little swing. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of great looks in this film, though. Just fun, fun, kicky drag looks. Just amazing. Immaculate. Like, better than any costuming. Yeah, the the scene when they get to stay in the uh, nice hotel because the concierge thinks they're there with the women's basketball players of America. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Then, so they're, like, by the pool in their cute little, like, <laughs> bathing suits. And I'm like, Lord Almighty. Like, <laughs> they brought bathing suits. <laughs> like, you, like, surely you're not going swimming. Like, you're just wearing that to wear your it. Your pads will soak up yeah, all the water. You will not be able to, like, your wig will come off. Like, you can't go in the water in that. That's not for swimming. That's just for wearing. Yeah. Like, isn't um, Chi-Chi wearing, like, a little bikini? I don't remember. I'm pretty Must sure be, she's though. wearing a little bikini. I mean, bikini. it wouldn't be Chi-Chi without a bikini. Yeah. Gotta show all, as much skin. Oh, God, Chi-Chi's. Chi-Chi's <laughs> outfits. I love them. I love it. A lot of fashionable pants in this movie, too. Yes. Very underutilized garment, I think. Pants. Mm-hmm. Pants with, like, um, Vita's pajamas. Like, silky pajama pants. And she's just, that she's just, like, frustratingly trying to tie, tie up. Tie the ribbon. <laughs> I can't handle this anymore yeah and then she goes and beats, beats up, virgil. up virgil and that's another Which, one where it's like, not that's so out of character it is and and again it's just that sort of like but actually she's a man and yeah. so she's strong enough to beat up this other man and strong it's like, enough and also like and like you know like that's what men do is they fight their problems yeah and like virgil did you know deserve some beating up yeah but like yeah, it, it does feel out of character for the very prim Vida. Like, Especially because it puts her in danger. Right. And, you know, especially, you know, from our contemporary point of view, we're like, yeah, like, you know, queer people do face a lot of violence. Like, that is something that happens regularly. And so, but the movie just wants to be like, nope, she's a man, so she beats him up. Yeah. Like, it, it just, it feels like 
disingenuous and, yeah. like, kind of exploitative. Yeah, whereas I feel like they could have made it work with she finally works up the courage to help her friend, her new friend. Right, like, I, I absolutely believe it's in character for her to get very, to get furious and yeah. to feel like she has to do something. But the thing that she does is beats up Virgil? Yeah. Like, that just doesn't feel right or helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, violence just begets violence yeah like what now what yeah like now oh he's gonna he come just... back with this police officer with a shotgun yeah and then you know luckily all he needed was a good stare down from stalker channing but <laughs> like yeah that could that like in real life that would go badly yes very so yeah the movie's just full of all of these things where you're like no that's not true. Like, of it's, society. It's not how it works. It's yeah. not how it goes. And it's really troubling to to tell the story in that way and erase these things that are really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But with all of our complaining, it was a delightful film, really enjoyable watch. Like, aside from these moments that were hard to swallow, like definitely fun i get why somebody might not be able to watch it oh i would not recommend this to anybody who is you know you wouldn't recommend it to anybody that you weren't sure was gonna be okay with it. yeah or yeah. somebody like i don't even know if i would recommend it now to people that i know have seen it like i'll be i would be like it's not what you remember it yeah like if you haven't seen it since the 90s it's it's different now <laughs> it is and i don't think that's a bad thing no, i mean that's you know if anything we it's learned. like we, yes we've come a long way <laughs> from this and like for 1995 for what it is like there's a lot of good in it mm-hmm. um you know it's hard to feel that way sometimes when you look back and you're like this is not cutting it um but like at the time if it was the best that we could get, then it did some good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did some good. Um, and I believe that. I do. To have Patrick Swayze play a drag queen, that has to have done something for someone. <laughs> you <That's>, know? <laughs> something positive in the world. Yeah. Yeah, like Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes. Wesley like, Snipes is just gorgeous in this movie. Beautiful. I mean, all three of them. But Wesley Snipes. But Wesley Snipes in that <laughs> With blue that huge eye. bottom lash. And that and the blue eye shadow. Mmm. So gorgeous. Just the uh, <laughs> mm. so fun. If they did do a remake, we need Bob the Drag Queen as as Noxima. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Bob the Drag Queen has a very similar style, lots of pants, and just like better wigs. <laughs> Well, but you know. drag has evolved since then. Drag has evolved. Hair there's, has there's evolved. More, there's yes, hair has evolved. There's more money to be made from certain levels of drag, so they can afford you know better wigs and. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts about? Um, I would just like to say that like we are obviously not the be all end all on this topic. <laughs> Sorry, that was my phone. I hope you didn't hear that. Uh, we're not the be-all end-all on this topic. There are people that have more knowledge of uh, drag and gender and, and all that. Um, and if you disagree with us, please do. We invite, you know, people to disagree with how we saw the movie. Yes, because we're, you know, two cisgender white people and we're not. Yeah, this is 
not... We, this is not our area of expertise. Like, no, but we had some feelings about it. Yeah. And I think it's good that we bring it up. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have wanted to do the episode if I didn't feel that way. <laughs> but we definitely aren't, like, the authority on this in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, we don't want people to yell at us on Twitter, but if you want to, like chat on twitter and disagree that's we would love that honestly if somebody if you're out there and there's something we missed about this film missed or if you just or if you're like oh this is if we had a bad take please tell us (laughs) yes we're not gonna be sad we're not gonna be mad we're gonna be be grateful okay good to know yes i I would be very grateful (laughs) we'll think about it yeah and and you you know we had a bad take yeah because everybody does yeah yeah even uh, actors have bad takes. <laughs> that was really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you have a recommendation? Lucifer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Ashley got me hooked on Lucifer a couple months ago. Um, she was just watching it. And I sat down and watched some of it. Out of context, because it was like end of end season, of season two, two. yeah. And then like very beginning of season three. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I sort of ran out of things to watch. And I was like, let me start from the beginning. It keeps getting suggested. And I felt head over heels. It's such a watchable show. Very bingeable. They're 46 minute episodes, but they just fly by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, really pretty people in them. Really mm-hmm. funny. Sort of like sexy. It just keeps you hooked. Like, every episode ends with a really tantalizing cliffhanger where you're like, mm-hmm. I have to know what yeah. happens. I'm like, well, I need to know who's an angel and who's a devil and who's a demon and like, who's a Like, what's gonna human. happen now? Yeah, I need to meet this person. I need to find out more. And then, of course, the episode after the cliffhanger is always like a filler episode. Right, just to just to tease you that much more. Yeah, and it's... all the filler is, is really worthwhile, too. There's not a lot, but... Um, what I did enjoy about f- season four, which is further ahead than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you've already, you've passed me I, up. I finished what's currently available. Yes. Um, the show finally actually takes therapy seriously. Yeah, well, I mean, the problem was Lucifer didn't take therapy yes. seriously. And he still doesn't fully, but he comes to a major realization. And in that episode, you're like, holy shit. And then the next episode, he's like. Back to Lucifer again. I mean, he's just like. The thing that he does where he has sort of this mini breakthrough and then he like takes it completely the wrong way. <laughs> That's Lucifer. That's the devil. Um, but yeah, the, he has a pretty cool realization in uh, season four and then it just sort of gets fixed. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a comedy serial. So. Yeah. I mean, you've got to keep it light. Yeah. You can't get too... But there are definitely moments where you're like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So many feelings. So many feelings. Yeah. So Lucifer. Season five will be out next year. (laughs) But it'll be the final season. Final season. Yep. And I will say that with Netflix on board, the CG CG budget, way better. Is it? Yeah. The CG is a little... They do a full... Full body devil. Oh wow! In season four, because yeah, that devil face, and it's a combination of makeup weird. and CG. Uh huh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So something for you to look forward to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ashley and audience. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I've got to get caught up. Uh, so I'm I'm not totally sure what I want to recommend. Uh, okay, I'm going to give two <laughs> recommendations. One that's not helpful to anyone and one that <laughs> you can all access. Um, so last weekend, spur of the moment, my husband and I decided to go to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon. I love it. It's our favorite place. We really try to get there um, as often as we can, you know, at least every couple of years. And we'd love to go every year. Um, but we saw this production of Alice in Wonderland. Um, it's a it's an adaptation of it that I believe was written in like the forties or something. Like it's not it's not a new um, adaptation, but you know it's a new production. And it was the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. It was just really fun, and I'm very picky about my Alice in Wonderland adaptations. I'm very, very picky about them. I think a lot of them suck and don't have any reason to exist. Um, but this one, it's just they all of the dialogue is taken directly from the books. Um, they have set all of the songs from the books to music. And it's just Alice in Wonderland, straight up, uncut, like, <laughs> no mixers, just... <laughs> You know, we don't need any weird shit in there. Just on the rocks. Yep, just... just Neat. Alice neat. It's true. Um, yeah, there's too much of this, you know, nonsense where people are like, oh, Alice Wonderland is creepy. And it's like, no, it's not. It's just silly. And so that's all they did. It's just very silly. They were all so, so funny. The scene with the, the Duchess's house... With the cook and the pepper and the plates and the ugly baby was the funniest thing I've seen in a very long time. The, the, the cook is throwing plates. The duchess is batting plates out of the air with her baby. I, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. It was so fun. But obviously that is not an accessible recommendation to a lot of people. If you are, if it is something that is feasible for you, I highly recommend getting to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon. It's just a really wonderful time. You might even think that you're not that into theater. My older brother, uh, we took him to go see some shows there back in 2010. We saw the best production of Hamlet I've ever seen. Best production of anything I've ever seen. And he was like, oh my god, that was really good. I don't <laughs> like Shakespeare, but I loved that. That was really good and I understood it and could watch it. Like, I got the story. I'm like, yeah, that's good Shakespeare. Um, but it's not all Shakespeare, obviously. We saw Alice in Wonderland. There's, They do all kinds of stuff, but they always do several Shakespeare selections each season. It's really wonderful. Give theater a shot. Even if you can't get to Ashland, go and see some local theater. It's really a good time. Support your local arts. Now... Tell them about the audience. Oh my god! <laughs> I overheard the best exchange I'll never get over this. It was during intermission, and it was quite a quiet audience. Uh, it was a Saturday matinee, so it was a very low-key crowd. Um, and these two dudes were sitting behind us, and just out of nowhere, one of them says to the other, Hey, what's this show called again? <laughs> and the other one says, What do you think it's called, Josh? <laughs> and the conversation ended there. 
And I couldn't, I, I lost it. It was so fucking funny like, for this bro to just be like, what do you think it's called, Josh? Especially because like it's halfway Allison. through Alice in Wonderland, you're pretty sure what it is. Yeah. Like what you've else? met the key players. Yeah. Like, and like Josh had no response. He had nothing to say to this. Like down the rabbit hole is how it fucking starts. Yeah. What do you think it's called, Josh? Yeah. It was great. It was my favorite. That's like my new my new personal quote. What do you think it's called, Josh? <laughs> Love it. Um, but for my more accessible recommendation, I've been listening to this new uh, podcast called Noble Blood. It's produced in part by Aaron Minky of Lore, um, but it is not uh, created by him. It's this woman whose name I am forgetting at the moment. Um, but it is sort of stories of like historical royal and noble deaths and so it's my kind of thing (laughs) it's really interesting if you if you're into like dark history it's fun um the uh episode on uh marie antoinette was very very good i learned some really interesting stuff about her um but uh dana schwartz is her name the the woman who creates it it's really good Good time if you're into the kind of stuff that I am into. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen so more nerds can find us. We really appreciate it, and it does make a difference. Check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod for updates and news. Let us know if you've got a take on these films, because we would love to hear it. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember, I I want want you to believe believe in yourself, imagine imagine good things, things, and moisturize. moisturize.